The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. the best guys in the world. I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to go out there and do my best and get that W. Dana, if you don't know, now you know. We, <laughs> we all know now. Let's, Let's hear it again. again. Fantastic, Fantastic fight. Dan Ige, everyone. Declaring the winner by tap out due to a rear naked choke. Kenny can flow Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, Unless you're watching on Fight Pass, in which case, uh, whatever we're talking about happened two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to get updated here and try try to get them up on time. (laughs) Jimmy, were those new glasses i I seen you wearing? They're reading glasses. And I'm sorry if my audio is not great. I'm trying to adjust it. I'm I'm sorry if it sounds a little uh, scratchy. Uh, The connection, I'm having the connection fixed uh, tomorrow. So hopefully by by next show will be better. Hey, uh, Jimmy, before, before... We talked to Kenny Florian, who I can't wait to talk to Kenny. I know and Kenny. Dan Ige. And Dan Ige, yeah. Uh, I can't, both guys. I mean, Kenny, I know for over, uh, shit, man, 30 years or something. I don't yeah. know, 20, 20 something years. I know him for, like, back when we both started um, on, like, the jujitsu, like, the grappling circuits before we both fought MMA. It's crazy. Um, but before we talk about that, I'd say, guess what I was just doing, but you're never going to guess. Where I just came from. Hopefully not the same thing I was doing. I'm going to say it's probably the exact opposite. Listen, I'm not going to do the guessing game. Rolling. No. I, Jimmy, now you're making me. Now you, I, you don't dampen the mood. Because that, that upsets me when I know Uh-oh. I can't roll. I came from, I, don't, I wish we had the, the, the drum roll, but yeah. I just came from a birthday parade. For Ray Longo. <laughs> the whole fight team. Why are you cringing? Why are you cringing like something Triple C would a say? A birthday parade? You know what? This is what they do, Jimmy. They do it usually for kids. Okay. Uh, they can't have celebrations. So what people do, they do a, a bunch. They take a bunch of they get the cars. Right. And they drive past the people, the person's house, beeping the horn, holding up signs. Somebody will run out with a gift, put it on the sidewalk like it's a bomb and run away and run back. <laughs> Like, like so, we all went there. It was it was like me and uh, the whole fight team, pretty much, except for Aljo. But he's training for a fight, and he might get shit about that, though. I'm giving him some shit about that. But it was myself, Marab, wife, the whole Sarah family. You know, my wife, kids, Marab. We had Nas in there. We had Pumi. Oh, we had the whole crew. I told you, Raging Al, what a great time. Yeah. Chris Weidman. Did I say Chris Weidman? 
You did not, but I'm glad. Oh, that and his son CJ. We uh, listen. It was just Jimmy. It felt so. I couldn't hug anybody, right. but it felt so good just to be around everybody. Doctor Sherry. Oh, Jenny. I, I listen to me. I I just am in a good mood. Look at the difference now. Look at me. Yep. You are very happy. You're very don't chipper. Look, don't excuse me. Very chipper. Don't look away. I know you can look away. Now it's weird. Jimmy, I'm happy. You seem I happy. Know my people, man. And I and it just makes me so it just makes me like not I cannot wait just to get back to like somewhat 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 normal. Semi normal times and being able to give my guys like a bro hug and I don't know. It was just felt really good. So we, you know, we all just started beeping the horns like idiots, and we got out. And you were happy to see your friends. That's, that's it. That's it's not nice. a great story, but no, it's nice. Though. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy you're able to do it. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's just good to see everybody, man. Because these are guys that I'm usually seeing a few times a week, if not, you know, I'm t- you know. And so it's like I don't know. Where do you guys meet for the parade? Like, do you meet at the the head of the block, or do you meet in a parking lot? We at a Starbucks near his house. But then, of course, with us, I went one way and a few people followed me. The other people went the other. So we kind of kid it from both directions. We didn't, you know, what are you going to do? So they went out. So we, some people went down the other. It's usually supposed to be one long line, but we kind of both like, somehow, somehow we separated, but we got there. What is it? Like good, four cars? Big, four like, cars? Oh, no. There was like at least, I'll let it say there was at least like between eight and 10 of us. Oh, okay. More, yeah. No, it was nice, man. I'm gonna I'll post something on my Instagram. At Sarah BJJ on Instagram. Yeah. That's a nice amount of people. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was good to yeah. surprise Longo. And it must have made him happy that people cared enough about his birthday to show up. Because that'd be my greatest fear is that nobody would come to my yeah. birthday. In ten minutes he's like, All right, don't you gotta go do a podcast? He's trying to get rid of me. Yeah. What up, man? Teddy Florian! <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> happy, happy to see me. <laughs> I am very interesting before it begins. You're no Ray Longo, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. I'm not Ray Longo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I see you got the blur in the background. Is that your uh, is that your living room or do you have an office in the house? This is, yeah, a little kind of office, I guess. Extra oh, bedroom oh. that we use as an office. Yeah. As you as you said that, I just realized my bathroom was showing. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> is that better now? I don't want to get yelled at Kenny. You're a married man. You don't want to yell. I know. Oh, dude, believe me. Hey, listen, I haven't, first of all, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you as well, Come man. Come on, man. It's just been so long. I know. We actually had uh, your old friend, or, I mean, you guys used to work together, Karen Bryant, Karen Bryant on. Yes. Yeah. And... In the middle of our interview, I'm just like, where the F is Kenny Florian? Where have you been, man? I think that's a good question. Where the hell have I been? Uh, no, just kind of hanging out, man. Been doing, uh, been doing, uh, you know, the podcast with John Anik and just been teaching a lot, training a lot, thankfully, which is great. And uh, just kind of hanging out, man. But I miss being around the UFC, dude. I, I don't know why I'm not there, but I'm not. <laughs> How long since you have been? I guess it's probably, what, two years now? Going on two years, yeah. And how long did you do the analyst work for Fox? <sighs> Let's, dude, I, so I started, I start actually started uh, with ESPN um, in 2000, 2008, 2007, something like that, with ESPN. And then when it moved to Fox, I went over to Fox. So I've been... I've been st- doing stuff with UFC, actually, Maddie, since UFC 83. 
Uh, the first time I did something with the UFC was when you fought GSP in Montreal. That was the first thing I ever did, really, with, with the UFC officially. So, uh, so we well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just add that first, I didn't, you didn't look too thrilled when I seen you. I'm upset about that. Second, <laughs> second of all, hey, Kenny, second of all, you bring up uh, my, my ass kicking in Montreal. You're batting a fucking thousand, my friend. I'll tell you, Jimmy. Oh God! Go back in the positive. Uh, it is very hurtful, Matt. I understand. It's very hurtful. What I will say, this is the absolute truth. Was Matt? <laughs> Matt was one of the guys that every jujitsu guy on the East Coast looked up to because he was actually out there like beating Brazilians' asses in jujitsu tournaments. And I was like, that that is possible. It's actually possible that an American can go out there and win the big tournaments and look as good as he did. And I was like. That guy is my hero. So, Maddie has been one of my uh, – he doesn't know. He's been one of my mentors and heroes for a very long time. So, uh, dude's a stud. Yeah. Blush. Stop me. Don't make true. me blush. But, listen, Jimmy, the reason why I could break Kenny's balls the way I do, even though it's one of those things like, Jimmy, I don't know if you ever uh, – you probably have some, some of your friends from comedy that even if you don't see them, and you, but you know them for 20 years – but yeah. you don't see them in a while. You could just go back to, I mean, me, like Kenny said, we came up, I came up under Hensel Gracie. Uh, he came up under Hensel Gracie's cousin. Get his name right for me. Please. Maya, yes. Yes. Uh, Maya. Yeah, and uh, so, and, and he was in Boston. Yeah. So like we would see each other at Nagas and we got to meet each other early on, man. I, I forget the belt, but it, it might've been purple belt or something. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was you, so, I mean, we're, yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You were a brown belt, and I believe I was a purple belt when we first met. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's how long we know each other. So, I feel very comfortable, yeah. Kenny. So, don't think I'm being a dick to him, Jimmy. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I, I understand. Normally, when I don't see my comedy yeah. friends, it's because they're doing much bigger things than I am. That's normally why it's like they're, they're doing arenas, uh, and I'm in a 200-seat club. So, if I don't see people, I know it's because they're doing much better than I'm doing. Well, I mean, I love to see guys <laughs> from the UFC that fought in the UFC and had a great career like Kenny had. With his, he had some beautiful fights, uh, especially when he choked out my buddy Dean Thomas. Don't bring. <laughs> Listen, I can attack him when he's not here. He's my buddy. But no, Kenny had such a great career in the cage. But I, but you were, but not unlike a lot of guys, you were great as an analyst. Did you do that while you were still fighting, or were you done already? I did. I did actually. Joe Silva, you know, the former former matchmaker for the UFC, of course. Uh, for those people who aren't familiar, uh, he brought it up to me one day. He's like, "Listen, uh, you, you, you're like a nerd when it comes to mixed martial arts. You love talking about it. I would talk to him about other fights and what he should do and blah blah. And, and he's like, well, you should do commentary.' And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, you should do it." He's like, "You know what? You might fight the winner of Roger Huerta and Clay Guida." We'll bring in for one fight, and you just come in because you you could fight them next. So you can, why don't you call that fight? It was the Ultimate Fighter Six finale, and we'll see how it goes. And I was like, cool. So I did that, and uh, it went well. And then the next event I did was UFC 83 in Montreal. Joe Rogan wasn't able to be there, and I was so nervous, man. It was like my first UFC fight. I was I was nervous as hell. I was sweating, and it was so damn loud in that place, as you probably remember. It was probably the loudest I've ever heard it. I had, you know, these cans on, and I'm trying to call the fight, and I couldn't hear a damn thing. It was so, it was oh, so wait. loud in there. UFC 83, you said? Yeah, UFC 83. Oh, it was crazy, and that was like, you know, a huge freaking event, and I was, I was so nervous to do that one. So that's kind of how it all <clears throat> started. Uh, Kenny, do you realize that event in Canada at that time was the largest? Am I? Um, yes, twenty-two thousand people at the yeah, time. At 
chanting "fuck you, Sarah," and all of them. <laughs> oh no, it was, oh no, Jimmy. It was. Brutal, they were know? not happy to see you, man. But, oh, no. No. And for some reason, I did an interview this morning from a Toronto uh, radio station. Of course, they're bringing up the, the Montreal fag. What the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, but Kenny, Def. So for your first event, you had to do the biggest live event ever the UFC had. That's crazy. <laughs> It was crazy. It really was crazy. I was so nervous. I'm trying to fill Joe Rogan's shoes, you know, and everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? Why is it Rogan here? You know, so that's like all going on in my head. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. You, and uh, yeah, it was wild. It was pretty wild. Do you wild. think you did anything wrong? Like when you look back on it, do you listen to him and go like, oh, fuck, I talked too much or I didn't talk enough? Or what, what do you think you did that you got better at? First of all, Jim, I'm sure my voice sounds like Mickey Mouse, uh, number one. Uh, so th th just that alone. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't like hearing uh, myself back so much. I, I try to force myself to do it over the years just be, just because I, I want to get better at it. But it's it's painful for me for whatever reason. I just don't like hearing, <laughs> hearing myself talk for too long. I don't know, yeah. even though I do it a lot. But, yeah. I'm the same way. I hate it. Yeah. 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 I mean, because, you know, you were never cringy. You were always – you're – I mean, I mean, how many – how many – fucking how much time you got clocked in inside the octagon and you were great with the mic so i mean it just hit me when i was talking to karen Thanks. i'm like what's up and i know you do the podcast with john Anik, which ray yes. long was a part of yeah and it's called the what is it the Anik and florian Anik and florian podcast exactly yeah and you also and what a time to do it have a beautiful new school no, i'm only kidding you have a because it's what a rough time for it. i know uh yeah. you have your what is it? it's with an m it's, yeah it's, so it's it's a uh, meraki so m-e-r-a-k-i it's a greek word that says to do something with with love put soul into what you do and i just thought it was a cool word so i was like yeah i'm gonna I like that word. Uh, so Meraki Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We're in um, in Santa Monica in California, and it's been great, man. We grew so fast, and then all of a sudden this pandemic hit, and it's just fucking nuts. So what? it's it's been it's been uh, it's been tough for the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu owner, as, as I'm sure yeah. you know. And you know what, dude? It, it's such a shame. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait till it gets back to us just being able to strangle each other again. Because because Kenny, you got to think. I mean. I, we have the same exact life. You got your podcast, you got your school. I mean, I got the same shit. It's yeah. a good, it's a good post-fight career. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Besides any other gigs you do. And again, like we talked, I'd love to see you be on the uh, desk somewhere. Yeah. But if it's just the school and the pod, podcast, I, that's a good fucking life. So, I mean, I am... Caleb, we just did, and I'm sure you're gonna Ray's gonna tell you about it. We just surprised your buddy Ray Longo with a birthday parade. You know what that is, right? <laughs> no, 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 what is that? Uh, we did it. To, it's uh, the kids do it like because they can't have any like birthday parties. So whoever's birthday it is, you drive to the house with a bunch of cars, beeping the horn. So yeah, me, wide men, how fucking uh, Rage and Al. Fucking Marab, Mar Jenny, all of us with the fucking signs. But anyway, why the fuck did I bring that up about the birthday parade? The gym. They're talking about the gym. Yeah, just things, yeah, things yeah. that are happening. Yeah. I mean, it, I was just around the guys again, and I'm just like, man, I it's it's such a huge part of my life that I miss. Don't you miss the camaraderie and the atmosphere at your school? Dude, abso absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but, you know, like – 
the community that we've built over there, and you know it, there's nothing like a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community because everyone gets their ass kicked together, everyone sweats together, everyone bleeds together. So there's just like this camaraderie and community within the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, realm that is just unlike any other, I feel like. Even among schools, like any time I saw Matt when he was at a tournament or whatever, it was just there's this brotherhood, right? Everyone respects each other. Everyone knows what we've all been through. And um, I miss that like crazy. I, I really do. And obviously the training, of course, it's just not the same. But um, yeah, missing the guys and just having that kind of um, that daily routine of of seeing the people that you're training with. And it, yeah, it's it, it's tough, man. It, it, this is a really interesting time uh, for, for gym owners. When you, when you left, uh, the UFC, was it on, with, on bad terms or was it just, uh, is, is there anything, any reason? I don't even know if I've left the UFC. No, I, like, it's funny. Uh, Jim, I'm like, uh, I'm as confused as you guys are because I never got like a, <laughs> I never got like a phone call being like, Hey, Kenny, thanks man. But, uh, you know, take it easy. Right. Uh, so in any time, I, you know, I always inquired. I always talked to, uh, you know, the producers over there. and be like, hey, you know, is everything cool? Like, do you guys need me to change something? Like, what's going on? Uh, and I, I never, I never got an answer. Uh, I think Brendan, Shop, Brendan Shop says I just got like phased out, like Milton on, on in the office. It's just kind of like <laughs> my office down in the basement, and then I oh, took away my, color. you know, like, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, office space you're talking about? Office yeah. space. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but they didn't well, fire you. All right. Yeah, so Kenny, yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. I gotta, it, I gotta, I gotta talk to Dana or something. I don't know. Wasn't it that you worked? Was it because you worked at Fox, or did you did you come over with them? Or I don't know. Oh no! So I was over at Fox. And I was doing my thing, and then, you know, uh, I never, I never, you know, when it transitioned back over to ESPN, um, you know, I, I never got the call or whatever. So I, I don't know, man. You know, I really, I, I miss it like crazy. I really do. I, I love calling the fights. I love analyzing fights. That's all I do. Um, it's all I like to do. Um, so, you know, for me, I feel like it's a shame. And, and I also feel like, you know, um, you know, candidly, I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I think I feel like I offer something a little bit different than the other guys. And, and um, you know, I wish I could still be doing it. Well, I'm sure your phone's going to be ringing soon. But listen, speaking of fights, yeah. I want to talk yeah. about some fights. coming. Yeah, up. let's do it. Your take, you know, I don't know, it's confirmed, it's not confirmed, people are putting pictures up. It's yeah. it's gonna happen. I it's think. gonna happen. Yeah. Tyrone Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. Yeah. I want I want your thoughts. Um man, that's such an interesting fight. I've been talking about it the last couple of days. My business partner, Jason Hunt, who I own Meraki Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with, he he's really good buddies with Gilbert. So he's been asking me like every single day, what do you think's gonna happen, dude? How is Gilbert gonna do? Man, I really don't know about that one for a couple reasons. First of all, we haven't seen Tyron in there for a long time. Um, and, you know, I feel like, you know, some people are saying he's not as motivated now. Gilbert's been talking a lot of trash. He's kind of become this cowboy character where he's ready to take a fight on a week's notice anywhere in the world. Um, he's got some good momentum right now. Just knocked out Brazilian jiu-jitsu legend Damian Maia. So he definitely has power. He's got confidence. He's got momentum right now. Um, and obviously he's got the Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills, but Tyron Woodley's style is a very tough matchup for a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy like Gilbert Burns, even if you can kind of strike and you got some power because Woodley, I think probably carries even more power than Gilbert. I think he's a little bit bigger, uh, you know, um, structure wise. Um, and you know, he's going to be tough to, to, to be taken down. So if, if Tyron is motivated and ready to go, 
Um, I think Tyron's going to be really tough to beat. Um, if Tyron, you know, sometimes he gets a little gun shy. You don't see him like really let the hands go. Gilbert could bring it to a decision or maybe he could catch him. So I'm really curious to see how this goes down. I, you know, the other thing which makes things particularly difficult, Matt, and I'm sure you know with your guys, it's tough to get quality training in right now. Not everybody's in the gym. You don't have access to your regular training partners. The, the, you know, the, that same vibe that you have in the gym with the energy of everybody training and, and getting ready. It's just not the same. So I think training in silence and, and only having a few coaches or training partners at your disposal makes it particularly difficult for, for both guys. So it, it's hard to kind of predict these, the, these fights and uh, during these times. So, you know, if, if I had to make a bet, I would probably be leaning towards Tyron Woodley just based on his experience and the way that he matches up uh, against Gilbert. But I wouldn't rule out Gilbert Burns at this point. You know, he, yeah, it he, seems like a tougher time. To, sorry, just tougher time to, to train for a grappler than it is to train for a striker. I think so. Yeah. Uh, just to touch base because we we brought it up. We talk about Gilbert Burns, his fight versus Damian Maya. Man, the, yes, everybody's talking about the knockout, but let's talk about how he got back to his feet. He yeah. and being a being a black belt, Kenny, in jujitsu, he made it enough of a jujitsu match that Damien had to counter with his all with with jujitsu, and then he got back to his feet. He did not just try yeah. to get back to his feet. So right. no, you know what I mean. So right. it wasn't just all right, get him off me, get up, because he's such a master at taking the back. He took the back. There's so much that happened in. It wasn't a long fight. But right. there's so many little minute transitions, transitions yeah. that just made such a difference that I don't think an average fan really knew. They, oh, he got out and got up. No. He, I mean, he made it enough right. of a jiu-jitsu match that Damien had to match him with jiu-jitsu, and then he was back up, if that even makes At sense. 100%, because how many times do you see Damien and I take someone down and they never get up? Like, either it, the round ends and that dude was on his back, you know, the whole time, or, you know— they had to tap, obviously. You know, uh, Maya is such an amazing specialist, a guy that it's rare to see someone like that in, in today's day and age, you know, who is that good at one particular thing. You know exactly what he's going to do, and you still can't stop it. Gilbert Burns, obviously, his world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, really came into play in that fight. He needed that against Maya. Woodley did a good job, too, against Damien, uh, stuffing takedowns. Yep. So you wonder if that would uh, come into play against Gilbert Burns as well. I imagine if, if, da if Damien couldn't take him down, I think Burns would have a hard time as well. Well, I think absolutely, Jim. I, I think that, you know, having that experience and having gone 25 minutes with Maya as a lot, he's been there, he's seen that kind of thing. Uh, and as Maddie knows, being in all those big fights in the UFC, that really does matter. It puts you at ease. It it, 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 it makes you more familiar with, with that opponent that's coming up. I mean, like, I know what this guy can do. I've, I've dealt with Damian Maya. I'll be able to deal with Gilbert Burns. I, I would think anyway. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Like I heard Dana say that he thought that Tony looked slow in his fight and he looked off with uh, his fight versus Justin Gaethje. I don't, I, mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that he always looks like that and he takes punishment and then he ends up just wearing guys down and taking them out, which he could not do. And he just breaks people mentally and physically. But Justin had such an A game and he just kept his poise and, and, and he was um, more calculated than just trying to finish Trevor Whitman. A lot to be credited uh, to, yeah. to Trevor Whitman. Do you think Tony looked off in that fight? What is your thoughts on that fight? Matty, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I actually think that – here's the thing. If we look at, uh, let's say, Ferguson's last five fights, and this is not a knock on Tony. This is not a knock on any of those fighters. Tony's an absolute stud. He's a legend. He'll go down as one of the best 155-pounders in the world. But – when you look at the other guys that he faced, you look at the difference, the the Kevin Lees, the Barbosas, uh, the Anthony Pettis, all those guys, in my opinion, if you look from the outside in, you look at how they move and their skill, skillful, right? That They're more skillful, sorry, uh, than Tony Ferguson, right? The difference in that fight was uh, in those fights was Tony Ferguson's will to win, his determination, his toughness. He just wore those guys down. He just kept coming at them, and they're like, I'm going home. That's it. I, I don't know how to deal with this guy. Take it easy. You're, you're, you're a little too tough. He met another guy in Justin Gaethje who's, who can actually match the same kind of mindset, the same kind of determination that he has. The difference was Gaethje's a little bit more skillful with his striking. And I think that came into play finally. If I'm skillful, right, but the other dude is just mentally tougher, he doesn't get tired, he's going to keep coming forward – if I don't, if I can't match that toughness, if I can't match that mindset, I'm done. Uh, it's it, it, you know, unless my skill is just so far superior, like a Floyd Mayweather, where that doesn't even come into play, you can't even hit me. That's gonna be that's gonna be a factor. And and against Gaethje, Gaethje, Gaethje is one of those guys who's willing to die in the octagon. That is not an exaggeration. That is not hyperbole. He's actually willing to. So is Tony. The difference was the skill of Gaethje and the pacing. You mentioned Trevor Whitman. Getting him to calm down after that first or second round, yeah. I thought was was huge. That was oh, yeah. really what won him the fight. Not to mention, you know, when you're trying to take somebody out and they're absorbing your best shots and they keep coming, it's not just that it gets windy. It does it does get winding, but right. mentally, guys are just exactly. like, oh, I, can't, I can't put this guy away. You start and, to think, uh, is this guy human? Like, yeah, yeah. He was hitting Ferguson probably better than I've ever seen anybody get hit more consistently, and he was Dude. he was still coming. And and but it didn't discourage Gaethje. That's the amazing thing is that he didn't get discouraged by that, which was crazy. Yeah, that's where a corner really uh, could make a difference in a fight. If you ask Absolutely. me, and he, you know what I mean, uh, it just by calming him down, by keeping him alert between that fourth and that fourth round, uh, between the fourth and fifth round, 
keeping him alert. Hey, man, last time you got too happy. And then there was such a connect there. Like, because then Justin's like, yep, I got stopped. He goes, you got stopped. He goes, I got stopped twice. Yeah, he knew. They were there, man. It was like they were in the gym together. It was really something. I, I said it before. It was something to see. That was some uh, good corner work. A hundred percent. And also, I think it's important to, to mention the idea of failures really being uh, ultimately success stories. If you look back and you look at your weaknesses and you look at your mistakes, because Gaethje, Gaethje won that fight not only from Trevor Whitman, but also from those losses against Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez, because he was winning those fights against those guys too early on but didn't know how to pace himself he didn't understand what it meant to really do that and calm down he would just go ballistic and knock everybody out in that in wsof before he was over in the ufc and he was doing that early on ended up doing it against michael johnson he needed those losses to understand oh okay wait a sec i can't just go nuts for every minute of every round i gotta pace myself these guys are tough these guys are elite as well and i think it's those losses against Poirier and Eddie Alvarez that allowed him to calm down and go, wait a sec, I'm doing the same thing. Let me change it up. Did you ever fight anybody like that where where you are you're hitting him and you're giving him everything and he just won't go down? I remember, you know, Sean Shirk was kind of like that. Not not that I hit him like, you know, as hard as Gaethje hit Ferguson, but um, yeah, I mean, I remember landing knees and kicks and he just kept coming forward, man, and, and he just didn't get tired. So, yeah, I remember that kind of being similar to that. To that thing, yeah. And Sean had like little limbs, like he was hard yes. to do any in the. He'll, he's one of those guys that could do a good ground and pound in the guard. Right. Because his little arms, like it's not, and he's hard to triangle an arm lock, and he pull out and come down. Poor Sean Shirk, that guy. A lot of people listening right now, unless they're diehards, they might not even know him. I know. Like, you know what I mean? And that's that, it's upsetting to me. Everybody who's listening, type into Fight Pass, look up Sean Shirk. Oh, the First muscle all, shark. The most, yeah. I mean, listen, your <laughs> fights with him alone, Kenny with his elbows from bottom. You know what's funny, Kenny? I know we see you elbowing, and Kenny's got elbows, Jimmy, that could just carve up a fucking turkey, man. Uh, I have the You have little narrow elbows? You get narrow elbows? <laughs> I have that. Show me, lift up your shit. Show me. Your head, Come on, man. Dude, uh, yeah. like oh, a razor thing. blade. Like a fucking razor. Yeah. Jimmy. I remember, because we were talking about UFC 83, when GSP took me down, and I remember, th- and I think of Kenny, too, and I remember thinking, it like, oh, man, I'll be like, fucking Kenny, cut him from down there. The first thing I did when he took me down, and I said this before, I push his head, I snap into my shitty-ass fucking round elbows. You got juicy <laughs> elbows, Matt. You got juicy elbows. Dude, I, I, I abused, <laughs> I, I uh, severely, like, bruised my uh, ulnar nerve. Dude, I felt like I had a dead arm. I go, ah, oh, dude. Then he was half guard. I go... Fucking worst beginning of a fight ever. But anyway, it just reminded it, me that you and your brother. It pays to not have muscle. I said, I said you, you did it wrong, Matt. You did. Well, yeah. Hey, speaking of muscle, we're, I'm a Segway king. <laughs> I, I've, th- I've always thought, and I've said this before, Tony and um, Justin Gaethje fought, that Gaethje versus Habib is the fucking fight. Because Styles make fights like we were just talking about with Gilbert Burns and Woodley. Styles really makes such a difference. Tony, as tough as he is, and I feel that a lot a lot would be determined if he could do something from his back. Because he'd be getting down, he'd be taken down. That's where Eddie Bravo really, really would have been utilized in a corner. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, could he do something with the rubber guard? Could he tie him up? You know, could Habib deal with that kind of offensive thing off his uh, uh, um, game off his uh, off his back, like aggressive guard? Yeah. But now you got Justin Gaethje, who's such a stud wrestler. He uses it to keep the fight up. He's shown that his his gas tank is fucking top notch. 
Mm-hmm. He's not, he's never looked better. Knocking everybody out besides Tony in the first round, stopping Tony. What is your thoughts on that fight? Uh, listen, I, I agree with you. I think it's an amazing matchup. Um, you know, Gaethje, he doesn't utilize his wrestling offensively. He definitely utilizes it defensively. Apparently, that's what he was known for also in college. His defensive wrestling ability, uh, his ability to sprawl, that's what you need against someone like Habib. You need to keep that fight on the feet. And I think everyone would agree if that fight stays on the feet, Gaethje increases his chances of getting that knockout. And, um, you know, I think for Ferguson, as good as he is, and yes, he, he could beat Habib obviously that that's a possibility but Habib's style it's like you know that kind of pressure passing style where he's low and tight he doesn't make a lot of mistakes there's not a whole lot of you know space for you to kind of work a submission in the transition so for Ferguson I didn't think that was the best matchup for Gaethje I agree with you I think you know his wrestling style his hard-hitting style I think he can match up really against uh, really good against Habib if I had to pick right now I would probably be leaning towards Habib until I can see someone actually stop Habib from taking him down and utilizing that ground and pound how can you go against a guy who's been undefeated for this long um so but I, I, I do think that if there's one guy who could pull it off and, and get a knockout, it, it's Gaethje. I, I really do. Kenny, I'm so, let me just ask you. Has, I'm, I'm wondering myself, has Habib ever fought a wrestler with um, Justin's credentials? Do you, do you he, know that? He fought, I think, in one of his early fights, I remember because I called it, a guy named uh, Kamal Shalarus, who is an Iranian guy. Uh, who he wrestled at, at 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 the international level, I believe, not not like a medalist or anything like that, but I would compare it about that, you know, level. But he wasn't exactly the best striker, right? Kamal wasn't the best striker, and I think um, the way that Kamal integrated his wrestling compared to how Habib integrates his wrestling for MMA was different. I mean, Habib really knows how to utilize wrestling for MMA, and I think. That was a, a big difference coming in. He he took down Kamal easily and just kind of mopped the floor with him, really. Um, so, I don't know. And it could go down that way. H- Habib is an absolute monster, man. And, and I don't know if we've seen anyone as dominant uh, with him with that wrestling ground and pound style in 2020. Like, that's a style from, like, early 2000s, you know, where the Mark Coleman's, the Mark Kerr's, and all those guys are really successful. We're seeing that same style effective in, in 2020. It's it's pretty mind-boggling, man. That's how good he is. Do you think that uh, Habib's ability to take him down kind of takes away Justin's wanting to chop his legs? Because that's one of the things he does that's most effective. Do you think that takes that away from him, um, knowing that every time he, he throws a kick, he's kind of putting himself out there for a takedown? It, it's a factor, man. I, I think that's a great point. Um, you do become susceptible, especially if you're attacking like the upper level of the quad, because that le- the higher that leg goes, like right around that that waist level, it could be easy for Habib to kind of time that double leg takedown. Um, he either I think he either should go high or start doing those calf kicks yes. that everybody's doing now. Maddie, no one was really doing that when no. we were fighting. I Good. feel like. Now, <laughs> exactly. Saved our legs. Now everybody's throwing those damn calf kicks. That is a real pain in the ass. It's hard to block. It's hard to hit a takedown off of those things. So I think Gaethje should maybe switch it up. Uh, if he's going to throw those leg kicks, do it, do it that way. Yeah. Um, Kenny, uh, what do you want to plug? We got Dan Ege, Jimmy, calling yes. in now. Uh, what do you want to okay. plug, Kenny? Plug some stuff, please. Man, that, that's that's pretty much it. You know, anyone who's uh, in the Boston area, come by my gym, Florian Martial Arts Center. If you're in uh, L.A., please stop by Meraki Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And, uh, guys, awesome talking to you. And, uh, you too, Kenny. Chance. 
Maddie, it was awesome to see your face. I'm, that's what I wanted. I just yeah. wanted that. I'm like a you little, too. A little yeah. kid, little Thank kid that needs attention. I remember I missed him, Kenny. <laughs> in one of the UFCs, and uh, you know he used to work in Boston, so I I, I know his voice, and uh, he he's provided many laughs for me. So awesome to talk to you guys. Thank you. Oh, you too, buddy. Good pleasure Thank talking you. to you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Dan What's going on? What's going on, buddy? How are you, dude? You look clean. Let me see. How many stitches yeah, is that? Let me see bad that. Enough. I had four, but my dog took one out this morning. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? Uh, we just got a new uh, puppy, little Boston Terrier. Oh, that's that he jumped that's on my awesome. face. <laughs> and that's so awesome. Hey, yeah. man, listen to me. Congratulations. Great fight versus yeah. Balboza, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. With your record now, six and one in the UFC. I mean, I'm like, why aren't people talking about Dan Ige more? You know, I don't know who picked you for the last. I know I picked you in this last fight. I'm not putting Jimmy on on blast, but uh, <laughs> I picked you, buddy. I think I did pick Barboza, yeah. But no one, you can never be say it's a terrible pick to pick Edson Barboza. You know, I didn't pick him in the oh, first yeah. round. I don't blame you. I don't. Edson Barboza is a killer. He's a legend. You know that dude's been in the top ten, top five of the world for the past 10 years and uh yeah i'm just i'm super happy i to get a win over that guy is just awesome especially on a two and a half weeks notice uh, so oh. yeah that, it was pretty crazy man what were you doing when they asked you dan were, were you were you training for somebody else were you just staying in shape or were you just kind of uh, on the couch relaxing and said fuck i'll get ready so you know i i fought in february not too long ago and then um, right after my fight, you know, I got the win, obviously, over Mursad Bektik. Uh, I went back home to Hawaii for about a week to see my family, kind of decompress. And then right after that, Khabib was getting ready to fight Tony Ferguson um, April 18th. So I flew out to San Jose because every time he has a camp and he comes to the States, like, I love training with those guys. Like, it's just, it's crazy how, like, you know, how much better I'll get every time I train with them and, so any opportunity I have to go train with them, I'll do it. And um, so I was helping Khabib get ready. And then obviously the whole um, virus pandemic outbreak, we all got locked down. And uh, luckily I had just bought everything from a house, like a home gym. So I had all my equipment, weights, uh, cardio stuff, um, no mats or anything. So I was just kind of training in my garage, like doing no contact stuff for about four weeks. And then I heard the UFC coming out saying they're going to start putting on fights. And I thought, you know, I'm a man of opportunity. So I thought maybe it'd be a good time to, you know, strike when the iron is hot and take advantage while, you know, everyone's 
sitting in quarantine. So I, uh, I got a few buddies, um, not the best guys, but I got a few guys to, to train with and started getting ready. And then they're like, Hey, you want to fight Edson Barboza? I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I mean, what a, talk, yeah. about, talk about seizing an opportunity. And let me tell you, it was a, it was a, it was a great fight. Yeah. Uh, it's showing you a toughness. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a lot of guys, they, 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 I didn't see you even cringe once when you get hit with those leg kicks. You got a good poker face or what? Or they didn't really yeah. hurt. Uh, I, well, to be honest, I, I was, that's all I thought about. I was like, dude, these, I was like so worried about my legs. Like, oh, they're going to hurt after the fight. Like I knew I had to go through the pain and walk through the fire, but it wasn't too bad. Honestly, my, my ankle's a little sore from kicking him. But yeah, you know, what, you know, what, you know what I don't like? I mean, listen, man, I've had some fights that were close and, and they went the other way. But, you know, I seen his manager online somewhere saying that they're thinking about uh, they feel bad for Edson because it happened to him a couple of times where they feel he really won the fight and they want to take it across to the board. Or so they're thinking about doing that. It's like, hey, dude, listen, and I know the guy. I like that guy. Yeah. The manager guy, but like uh, it's like, yo, cry me a river, man. Shit. What are you yeah. doing? I mean, give me a break, dude. This is the breaks. That was a close-ass fight. So yeah. it's like, you can't bitch about that, dude. Well, they're not going to do it because I think in, in Florida, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, the only way they could protest would be if Dan had taken anything uh, uh, or, or if there was a fraud and they or said, we don't think it's either one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they said they, they know it's not that, so they said they're not going to protest it. Yeah, you know what? It's like, it, it sucks, obviously. You know, losing sucks, and I could have just as easily been on the other side of that board, but it is what it is. You know, we have to take our L's and move on. That's, that's just the, how the sport goes. And yeah, he came up, uh, Alex came up to me after the fight, too. He's like, man, great fight, but we're going to appeal it. I'm like, oh. okay, good luck, you know, whatever. I mean, you're right. This, no, I, I see what the problem is now, being six and one, and maybe people aren't talking enough. You see what the problem is, Jimmy? Dan, he's a fucking nice Very guy. Nice guy. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. I would have said, oh, yeah, thank you. Eat a fucking D. How about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those Fuck that. Rocks, really? Bro. Why is he? Look, you took that shit on two weeks notice. Two and a half weeks. Hey, dude, I mean, listen, give me a break, dude. Why is he shitting on your parade? I'm getting more yeah. upset than Dan about this. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks because, you know, like, sure, I went out and beat one of the best guys in the world. On two weeks notice, you know, no one, no one's talking about that story, the under. The underdog who came and took this fight on a short notice went out there and, you know, I put the gas pedal on Edson. And no one's talking about that. They're just saying, oh, he lost. He lost. Robbery. It, I didn't get – it's not a robbery. You know, I got dropped, came back, and won the fight. You know, I, I came back, and I, I, I believe I won the moment. I lost the first round 100% because yeah. I got dropped. But I won the momentum, came back, put the gas pedal on him round two. I got hurt with the body shot. I didn't get dropped, but I, it fucking hurt. He hit me to the – to the floating rib, little glancing knee on the floating rib. It hurt. I shot full guard. <laughs> listen, man. Hey, what you don't have to listen. Don't even. I wouldn't even explain it to anybody. I was. You have nothing to explain, man. Listen, yeah. it's not the same thing. But when I'm playing VR inside, and I listen, this is what happens. <laughs> I, I just want to. I don't know if you're familiar. You play video games a little bit. Okay. Well, listen. Don't just spare with me for one second. All right. When I kill somebody, especially a ranked player, Jimmy. Yes. Of course. And, I, and I'm standing over there, pixiled corpse. I'm not. Be, I you know what I say, Dan. I go GG. That means good game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Just like you going, hey, good fight. Yeah. And then now, you know what? They, if they get, I don't like. And this is what Alex is doing, the manager. And I, I don't like when I kill somebody in there, and they start cursing at me. Ah, you fucking, you camped. You, you know what they're being? Just like Alex, they're being salty. Yeah. They're being salty, man. 
Sore losers. Sore losers. F that shit. You have enough friends, Dan Ige. You have two new ones right here. Oh, yeah. Legend. <laughs> He's like, hey, man. But listen, dude. Hey, you had enough friends. I feel you could use some enemies. You're a nice guy. Those guys should take it. I mean, Edson, if they're doing the talking for Edson, he should speak up and say, you know what? I'm a nope. man. I go in there. I fight. Let the chips wear. He didn't take you out. He should nope. finish you then. Fuck no one, no one's asked for a rematch either. There no you go. Saying, they don't want a rematch. They just want they just want a free W, but you, know, you got to earn that shit. You got to earn that shit. Let them get Dan Ige with a full camp, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Jim, yeah, he'll be in the, Jimmy, be in the grave. <laughs> hey, when you uh, when you train with someone like Habib, like you say when he flies, how does that work? Will you call him and say, hey, I hear you're coming in, I'd like to come, or do they call you and say, hey, come train with us? No, well, so I don't know if you guys know or not, but I, I work with Ali, like, on the, like, management side. So I've been where I started working with Ali, like, I was two and one in my professional career, and pretty much just became, you know, my lifestyle. So, uh, you know, I that's something uh something that i'm very fortunate you know to get to train with you know a lot of his champions uh not only khabib you got justin gage you got kamaru usman um henry cejudo yeah the list goes on you know you guys know you guys know his roster so that's something i get to like constantly do is just be around some of these top guys and especially when i'm not fighting i might be helping someone out and see what they go through fight week and see how they mentally prepare, see how they diet, see how they cut weight. And I'll just take little things, take little things from each guy. Like, what's this guy doing that makes him different to be a champion? What's this guy doing? What's this guy doing? And I feel like that's what I'm doing. I'm kind of, you know, evolving. I'm growing. You see it. I'm getting better in every fight. But, yeah, no one's talking about me, but that's all right because I'm flying under the radar and it's going to keep getting better, keep winning. (laughs) Well, yeah. that dude, shit, man. We're talking about you now. I'll tell you right now. You see, <laughs> you seize that opportunity, and I'll tell you th- th- about Ali. Uh, I get along with Ali very well. He's another uh, Henzo Gracie uh, black belt, so we're we're close like that. But this is what I'll tell you about Ali. He might get some slack or get some controversy when he smacks another manager or something. But every one of his guys say nothing but but good things about the guys and. The, they say he's a, like a, a real good guy and he does yeah. right by them. So all his guys, you never hear guys leaving him saying, oh, he did this to me, that to me. Everybody says good things. So I like yeah. that. I like yeah, that a lot. Yeah, so lo- loyalty to the T, you know. It's just the guy will have your back 100%. And that's awesome. And that's why his guys and myself, including myself, will, you know, we have his back. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people say. It's just, you know, it's, it's how people treat each other and how you be treated. And that's that's what it comes down to. And Dan, you're in Hawaii right now. Where where in Hawaii are you? No, I'm in Vegas. I, I live oh, in yeah. Vegas. Uh, I've been in Vegas for four years now. But yeah, my family's back home in on Oahu, in uh, Haleiwa. How do like his background look, Matt? That's what I'm, all I'm thinking of is how pleasant it looks to be wherever Dan is right now. Like that uh, that little yard, desert, little breeze. <laughs> it's relaxing. Yeah, coffee, talking to legends. Oh, you're the man, dude. How how do you you like living in Vegas? Was it a big, how was that transition going from Hawaii to uh, Vegas? It wasn't too hard, actually, you know, because I just, I left Hawaii. I had a dream. I had $27 in my pocket. I literally uh, didn't have anything. I I slept on my buddy's couch, Brad Tavares, you know, UFC middleman. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So he, you know, he we used to train together back home or we came from the same gym and, um, you know, I just, one day I bought, I bought a one-way ticket and, 
it pulled the trigger and you know tried to make it work and it's working so what is it about the Hawaiians? It's You're on a six-fight win streak right now. Like, uh, very quietly, like Matt said, you know, it, this is six fights in a row. It's a, it's a very respectable win streak. Uh, is there anybody you want next? Um, to be honest, you put me in a fight with anybody. It's a great fight. Uh, from a, from a matchmaker standpoint, obviously, I want to keep fighting and working my way to the top. You know, I'd like to go out there and face a guy like you know someone like a Yair or Zombie, but. I know oh. these guys don't want to fight guys under them, really. But um, even like a Stevens, I believe he's a little bit above me. But he's coming off a couple of losses, but he's still above me. Um, I, I just want to keep fighting the the best guys, the top guys, to show that I'm capable and that I'm one of the best for sure. And um, yeah, I'm sitting at a number eleven now, which is yeah. pretty awesome. Right, yeah, right, I woke up this right morning. Thank you, thank you. Um, so it. it Honestly, it doesn't really matter. I don't have any bad beef with anybody that I want to call out and fight this guy or that guy. I just, I just want to keep fighting the best guys and keep winning and build my, build my win streak up and you know eventually get to the title and win the title. Alvin Cater, I'm look, I'm looking, I'm looking now at the right. Like I'm trying to think of guys I would like to see, and that yeah. that Danny oh, uh, Alvin Cater is a great yeah. fight. I love that too. You know, Cater's a stud. Guys, uh. Got some crazy hands, um, but I, I see him. I'm a. I feel like I'm a bad draw for anybody. You know, you go in there like I'm. I'm not going to take a step backwards against anybody. It doesn't doesn't matter. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm just excited. Uh, I just won, so I'm going to sit sit back, enjoy it a little bit. But I, I want to stay active. I want to come back, still fight in you know July, August if that works, and see what happens. Great. Where did Where did you grow up in Hawaii? Uh, on the North Shore in Hollywood, Hawaii. Uh, and, and I saw you guys went out there, I think, right? For the Dana Whites. Looking for, yeah, you guys I, go out there? Yes, Matt, yes. I, I've never been. We were we were somewhere. <laughs> you know, the best is when they're like, oh, where'd you go in Hawaii? I'm like, ah, there was cliffs and shit. I don't know. I get on a plane. I'm the worst, Dan. But let me tell you, did you see that episode? Yes. Yeah, it was so, so much. It was so much fun. That's, that that's where I'm from, like where Dana was jumping off that rock. No, no, wait, Dana, no, no, that, wait, hold on, you're mistaken. Dana didn't go off that oh. rock at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. He actually <laughs> might, he might actually still be up at that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> the shit. I'm, listen, Dana, the reason why Dana has me on that show is because I'm probably only got to break his balls about not jumping. <laughs> the best is, yo, Dan, Dean, Dean Thomas was on it, and he was like, uh, afterwards, he's like, you know, you took a lot to even go up there. I'm like, you fucking. Oh, no, stop man. trying to find morals. What was the first martial art you got into in Hawaii over there? Jiu-jitsu. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, and the, the funny thing is no one in Hawaii really trained jiu-jitsu. It was, it was all kickboxers, stand-up guys. So, uh, um, I started training jiu-jitsu in, I believe, ninth grade. My buddy, uh. My buddy's dad used to fight MMA. He was a purple belt, but we just we I would go to his house after school. We literally just trained fundamentals like arm bars, arm bars, arm bars, arm bars, arm bars, or triangles, and uh, we'd just do fundamentals. and And then I started actually going to a gym, um, Sunset Beach Jiu Jitsu, a little dojo on the North Shore. Um, it was small at the time. There, there, they actually got a pretty nice dojo now. But um, started going over there. Got my blue belt. I was competing. And all the Nagas, like Triple Crown, whatever they had over over in Hawaii, and was doing pretty good because we were just 
like I said, we're pretty much getting private lessons every day, me and my buddy from his dad, and we're just drilling, drilling, drilling. We got really good fast and then uh, got my purple belt. But then I started wrestling in high school, so it was a little opposite. I started wrestling in, yeah. in 11th grade, and um, I was, like, getting pinned because, like, I like being <laughs> Yeah, you're like, what that's funny. <laughs> now, wait, now, that, what's strange is so you went to striking, like, last because shit. Yeah, so I mean, I was doing a little bit of striking when I was doing like the stuff at home, like the yeah. stuff. Yeah, but then I went wrestled, and then I went into I wrestled at Wartburg in Iowa for college, and then and then I started fighting MMA. Like I came back in the summer, pretty much had no striking, just <laughs> yeah. I'm, down. I'm thinking now, even from like I'm thinking of all the Hawaiians I know that were fighters. And the one thing they have in common, like you just talked about Brad Tavares. I'm thinking of my old school buddy, nice. Kendall, Kendall Grove. Kendall I'm thinking Grove. of BJ Penn, Max yep. Holloway, uh, you know, yourself. I mean, I could go on. And, and every cabbage. Everybody, everybody cabbage, wrote cabbage, yeah. Cabbage, we're back in the day. The cabbage is fighting again, I think. So, oh, you dude, come on, man. That guy's got to be mine. What's he doing? Is he really? I don't know. I, I heard he's got a fight or something in, somewhere in Hawaii. Oh, shit, man. Well, <laughs> listen. Uh... Every there's such a toughness about all these. That's the one. Everybody it's different skill sets, but every one of these guys I'm mentioning, Jimmy, yeah, these tough ass Hawaiians. What is it about Hawaii? You thinking they'd be so, you know they got this such a laid back place, right? Nice, never pleasant. What is it about the BJ Penn let's scrap type of attitude that these guys have? What is it, Dan? I don't know. It's it's honestly it's just a culture. It's a fighting culture. Like literally, like. If you go on, if you went to YouTube right now, just type Hawaii street fights. You got kids on there, like they're they're good. They're throwing leg kicks, head kicks, like <laughs> in and out, throwing three piece combinations, head movement, slipping. Like it, it's it's just crazy, and like it's just we grow up fighting in Hawaii. Like I mean, now you got more like you're you're hearing all these like gangs and gun shootings in Hawaii, which is unfortunate. But like it's really? always been. If you had, a, yeah, it's kind of kind of weird, but. It's always been like if you had a problem, you just fight. You know, even if you're friends, you just fight, and then whatever, shake hands after, and we'll go to the beach and you know, grab some waves. And <laughs> but it, we literally just fight over nothing. We'll just fight. Yeah. Just fight. <laughs> now, are you near the tourist areas where you grew up, or is, or is people have this image of Hawaii being this amazingly beautiful tropical place? But then there's other neighborhoods that are a little rougher. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on the North Shore. It's a, it's a little, it's more of like a surfing town. Um, a lot of pro surfers come out there, so there are a lot of tours that come in and out because they want to watch all the surfing contests. But all right, Dan, let, let me throw a hypothetical at you. Myself and my little Jimmy Bird, we show up on the North Shore with two boogie boards, and we just wanna. Jimmy has a snorkel, and we want to just get some. We want to just go and do a little boogie boarding on your beach. What happens? <laughs> you might. Mother Nature's no joke, you know. I don't uh, care who. I'm, I'm, I don't care I'm, if you're John Jones. Are you guys gonna call me and Jimmy a bunch of a couple of howlies? And get we'll take out you out. It? I'll take you guys out. We can go. You I'm know, worried about. I'm worried about little Jimmy's safety. Do I have to protect? Thank him? you. Yes, you would. Go, hey, go to my buddy's Instagram at Clark Little. He's a photographer. Go look at the shore break that guy shoots. It's it's pretty insane. Uh, well, I thought man, I was talking like he's a territorial. Like, would they look at me and Jimmy as outside? Do we have to know your friend to get a pass to hang out there? <laughs> 
Uh, if you're with me, you'll be all right. Okay. All right. That will protect us. Good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, hey, good, good, man. Congratulations on the win. Uh, obviously, you look great, especially considering it was, what, you know, it's a two and a half weeks notice. And uh, can't wait to see you fight again. Again, Calvin Cater is the one I want, but no one listens to me, so it probably won't be him. <laughs> Any of the guys you men- mentioned, Dan Ige, the word is out. You're coming for everybody, and I can't wait to watch who you fight next, buddy. I can't yeah. wait either. I can't wait. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. It was an honor Anytime. to speak to two legends. Thank you. All right, buddy. Hey, Good talking to you. Take care, Dan. Enjoy. We'll talk soon. Take care. Be good, Dan. Good buddy. Right. Let me do the shaka. Oh, sorry. No, it's, it's, really, it's one legend and your friend, Jim, but it's still he's a nice guy. I thought you were going to say one legend and, your, and his friend, Matt. No. Jimmy. <laughs> Call me a legend. I'll go, no, you're a legend. Cut it out. Oh, all right. But Jimmy, what are you doing? You doing any more podcasts today? No, I have a little bit of work I'm doing. I've been working on stuff for Chip Chipperson now has a Patreon uh, where I'm doing these things because uh, you know, I can't do gigs. So I'm bored out of my mind and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm losing a lot of money not doing gigs like every comedian. Um, they offered me the Rogan Spotify deal, but I wanted to continue to do this with you. I said, no, <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, maybe next time. So, you know, we're all just trying to hustle and make money. Yeah, I'm happy Joe Rogan's all over I love the place. Joe. Yeah, he's a good man. Yeah, you like when stuff happens like that for good people and for guys. And he's kind of yes. fun though. I like I like listening. I like watching him. Even Just more like, importantly, Matt, I love when good things happen to people who like me. See, like a guy like Joe likes me, so I'm happy for him. He loves you, so I'm happy for him. It's always good when a friend who likes you has good things happen to them. You know what I mean? True. That is 100% true, Jimmy. Jimmy, what are you doing for the rest of the day, my man? I might go to the store, go get some uh, food for dinner. Not a whole lot. Got radio tomorrow. And uh, not much, buddy. Jimmy, you know. did I tell you I'm watching Black Sales? Did, yeah. I did mention that. It's so yeah. much fun. I like when I get into new shows, you know. Right, here's what There's I'm going to recommend. Only 90 so Day Fiance. Dude, my wife watches that, and then she watches a lot of shows with little people in it. Yeah, they're good, too. Yeah. She likes all the little 90, people shows. 90 Day and, she, and she's married to me. Listen to me. Jimmy, you're the best. I miss you. I will talk to you before next week, because I'm not going to be able to wait till Monday. I'll talk to you on Friday. How about that? You got it, brother. Later, later, Jimmy. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. Net credit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.